0: This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things ComicBookClick, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Here in comic book land. My name is George Serrano a.k.a. The Don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by ComicBookClick.com and as always I am never alone sir please introduce yourself
1: I am Dan the Comic Book Man everybody.
0: Dan the Comic Book Man is joining us for another week of the Major Issues Podcast uh, post 4th of July we thought we were going to I, I I'm feeling independent. Is what it is, you know. I feel like a strong, independent man. Post You're uh, an independent man, George. Yeah, I, I saw Agent Carter. I feel motivated. Feel enlightened, you know, if you will. I don't know if you've ever given that show a chance.
1: But, no, uh, but uh, Dominic Cooper does attract me. I cannot lie. Dominic Cooper is a very dope actor to me. Um, is do you like him more than um, the
0: Madman version? Uh, of John Slattery.
1: It? I. I like them both. I kind of think that they both fit the era of Howard Stark we need. Like Dominic Cooper has that young Nikola Tesla look like that. He's very like like um eccentric and crazy. And then the older he gets, the more calm and toned down. You get the John Slattery, the one that Tony grew up with. So I think they both are perfect. That like, makes sense. Like, yeah, like they both are Howard Stark to me.
0: Yeah, I dig it. After, after watching all that, Agent Carter, I've been feeling pretty, uh, independent. I've been trying to, uh, gain, uh, foster that independence through other members of the comic book click. So we decided this week that you were going to take the helms or reins. Yes. The helm, yes, the yes, helm, yes. the reins <laughs> of this podcast. Um, we have a group chat where the members of the major issues podcast are constantly talking about what's the best, uh, topics to cover. Latest and greatest, um, you know, stuff that's topical, uh, stuff that maybe one of us really digs, but some of the other members don't really know about. And this was one of the comics that you wanted to share with not only the members of Comic Book Click, but uh, everyone, <laughs> which is why we're covering Oh, I it want this everybody
1: week. to read this book, I've been wanting everybody to read this book ever since I remember. It's like it's not remembering it, it's just I never really had the the opportunity. To mention this before, so like this, once it started going where we didn't have much of a schedule because of the whole COVID-19, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. This is one volume, it's 141 pages, let's just do this, let's let's talk about this book.
0: Yes, so today, Dan the Comic Book Man will be leading you through a recap and review of the first volume of Irredeemable Ant-Man. Which is by Robert Kirkland, with art by—that's why I always Phil Hester. Phil Hester. Oh, I got
1: my notes. I, I actually wrote notes. Oh, for
0: the lookie, first time the man my... has come. Well, that's good. Let me kick out the 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 uh, what you call it—the leg rest of this chair here. Now man, that I'm a put, guest put on up. now that I'm a guest on the Major Issues podcast. Um, what was it? I guess I just want to ask you up front: What was it that uh, drew you to this comic? Why? Um, how'd you find it? Because sometimes those are the those are the funnier stories. It's like, of
1: all comics, how'd you find this one? It's a lot of the comics that I'm going to be recommending, or that I have recommended that, and that me and you have covered. It all comes from one man and one man only. My my big big brother. He's a big mentor to me. He's he was my guidance counselor in high school, and he's always looked out for me. He was he taught me everything I needed to know about comics, uh, writers, you know. Uh, distribution errors like you know stuff with image and vertigo or any todd mcfarlane news like anything that he wanted to share he shared with me he used to let me borrow his books these were just like the runaways just like scott pilgrim just like in the future i hope mary jane loves spider-man you know like this is one of the books that he let me borrow he it was a he had a full trade paperback of irredeemable ant-man volume one Low life and i read it One night, and I borrowed it because I usually borrow them for a day, and I bring them back. Because we know now, now that I'm a a comic book podcaster, I have more of an understanding that, you know, a trade paperback only takes like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, yeah. It's like watching a movie. Reading one comic book, reading a a, a single issue is like watching a TV show, like an episode of TV. Right. You know, when I was younger, I used to think comics was, oh, my God, this is going to take me like all day just to read this one book. No.
0: Right.
1: It's like an hour and a half.
0: Some of the bigger runs are a bit intimidating. Some of the, you know, like uh, Detective Comics has a thousand issues, you know, so that's that's multiple volumes, if you will. Yeah, I want like I want to re.
1: I'm I'm already co- trying to continue my Justice League fifty two run, and you know, I'm on issue eleven. Yeah, but it's that's fifty nine issues. It's like. the
0: same thing with Injustice. Injustice went on for several years. I'm still like in the middle of that, but I read uh, double digit in issues already. Oh, you, um,
1: you had to do Scott Snyder's Justice League in two parts.
0: Yeah. And that was, that was in total 39
1: issues. So I can see where people like, you know, I, I remember why I used to get intimidated, but yeah, this is a, this is a book that I read when I was like 16. So one of those decade old books that I read when I was in high school. And this is, I guess you could this would probably be the birth of why I love books like Sex Criminals and Mr. Miracle, uh, Miracle Man, um, yeah, even Miracle Manual, you know, the Tom King's stuff, Alan Moore stuff, like these this is not your granddad's superhero. You know, this is not even your son's superhero. Like It seems like is... a good entry
0: point comic as well, because I don't think it you really need much of an understanding of
1: Oh, of, just basic you know. knowledge. Yeah. Just shit up basic knowledge. Because even reading I think I read some of volume two, or I don't remember what specific Marvel Ultimate comic I read. But I remember reading it, and it was Norman Osborn, head of S.H.I.E.L.D., or, like, running the Avengers, and I was confused but intrigued at the same time. Right. Yeah, that must have been right after the uh, Secret Invasion storyline. I think I think it was. This was all me read. The stuff I was reading came out, like, 2007 and under, and I'm reading this maybe, you know, four years later, three yeah. years later, you know, so yeah like I was just there like once the hype dies down like we were re- getting on doomsday clock you know once the hype dies down then I'm reading this kind of stuff I know Kirkman from Walking Dead yes and Ultimate X-Men
0: yeah I know he I, I didn't really read Ultimate X-Men I read about probably 100 issues of Walking Dead to be honest I got up to Negan and then I yeah, got to didn't you Negan. get up to Negan and stop I got past Negan there was this other big storyline called All Out War with it with Negan you know where his people versus Rick's people and I stopped roughly around there Um, Robert Kirkman is a huge proponent (laughs) of creator-owned content Um, which is why he his time at Marvel was probably short because the idea is anything that he would create under Marvel or even under DC would be solely owned by them you know So it's like oh, any great ideas? Even this Eric O'Grady situation, uh, this Eric O'Grady character. If they were to come up with a let's say an Ant Man film or a television show, irredeemable Ant Man film or television show, um, I don't know if he gets much of those royalties.
1: Those damn that would suck. Yeah, so I mean, I I understand why they would go with Scott Lang, but this this would be a great like Disney Plus. Like, you know just a quick mini series a uh, season like
0: this from what I've read so far um, it, it can take place in about a week like no one has to know that this happened you know yeah like basically. It, this, this could all oh, this uh, all these events could take place uh, this could have been an agents of shield mini mini arc or something
1: you know this could this literally could have been an episode of agents of shield or a season arc of episode of uh, agents of shield yeah but um, but um, go um ahead, yeah Bruce. Let's let's get into this thing, you know? The Irredeemable Ant-Man, Volume 1, Low Life, 2007 is when this book came out. And like we said, it was co-created by Robert Kirkman and Philip Hester Yep. with additional inking, coloring, and lettering by Ande Parks, Bill Crabtree, and Russ Wooten, and the latter of which, Mr. Wooten, has worked with Kirkman before doing the lettering for Walking Dead. Okay. So the same lettering you're reading here is the same lettering style that's on Walking Dead. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. A brief synopsis of which I took from Google Books. To before the spoilers kick in, it's sure. basic stuff. Is a a low level shield agent gets a hold of Hank Pym's new Ant Man suit. You know, you know, the Marvel universe is in trouble. He's not concerned with saving the world or helping others. He's concerned with getting through the day and getting a leg up on life. He's Ant Man, a new hero for the modern world. <laughs> emphasis on hero tales to astonish beautifulness so I, I'm just gonna let you know this all is written by me I couldn't find anything on google I didn't take no wikipedia's I didn't take no synopsis from another website this is all it takes, my it own takes some time. Don't it? <laughs> yes man I, did, I wrote this entire thing and it was hard two
0: weeks ago I had to do 20 issues Two weeks ago for uh, Justice League. And those you, you gotta imagine that those stories get a bit more complicated and, and oh, a bit more cosmic and a bit more oh um, right. my yeah, it was a lot.
1: Just trying to figure out how I wanted to write this alone was tedious. So I decided to go straight chronological timeline. We're not gonna be doing and then we go two weeks later and then we go two weeks later. Nope, we're gonna go Oh, okay. So straight, you're gonna go oh. straight forward through. Yes.
0: How did you how did you tackle that? method of summarization did you have to read well you inspired me
1: from your your watch your, listen the notes you wrote for for the Watchmen TV show man and the homework that you had to do to oh yeah to, to put fuck, that in chronological you inspired me order. on that one we yeah, had to put man. the actual events
0: of Watchmen in, inside
1: of that and you TV order, went yeah. from 1920 to 1940 for the, the the hooded justice to 1980s for our Watchmen timeline to 2010 like yeah. no to the 90s and 2010 like you inspired me with how you took literally – because that was the beautiful part about this book and Watchmen is the twist and turns of seeing, oh, this is what happened during that period. So, yeah, I had to – I figured this would be the easiest way to write it. And that definitely is a narrative tool to have
0: uh, because of what you end up doing in situations like um, – I forget the uh, his antagonist in this book at the moment.
1: Oh. Uh... Miller?
0: Mitch Carson. Oh, it's Mitch. Yes, it is. It is Mitch. Mitch. Um, Mitch. Uh, like one of the mysteries is like, okay, what, what's up with his face? Like we'll get we'll get into it, but because of the way they tell time, um, exactly. or the way the story, the story is told, they're able to hide certain aspects from you to create mystery for
1: a full volume. Like for a full volume, you don't find out for certain things till like three issues later. So it's yeah. like I totally forgot we were even mentioning this type of stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> I love it. So the way I decided to go is: best friends Eric O'Grady and Chris McCarthy are two low-level Shield agents who are one day given the unlikely task of standing guard by a door from field agent Mitch Carson. Eric and Chris have no idea what to do. You know, they're not field agents. They literally have to. Um, the guy that Jeremy Simser from a um, uh, community when he was in Avengers. Oh yeah, he just okay. watches a computer all day for a surveillance. Right. That's what they do. They're just surveillancers. They literally just have to tell you when crime is going down. Oh, you <laughs> sector seven over here, go this and that. So they don't, they don't know how to stand guard. And right. I thought that was hilarious when, um, you know, Eric seemed all excited and Chris just looked at him like, Hey man, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> Shit. That was a good question. That was a question we should have asked.
0: It was something about like the security detail, um, or they needed a security detail at the last minute. And so they grabbed a couple guys who are not used to being security. They put him
1: at the doors. Uh, yeah, they don't even know how to fire the gun. That was the funniest part about it. They're holding the gun, like, "You ever do this before, dude? I don't even. I've never even held this before." Like, right? So they they're just bumbling idiots standing by a door. They have no idea what happens until the door opens and a shadowed figure just appears. Eric panics and hits that person in the face with the butt of his gun. Come to find out, it's good old Hank Pym. Hank Pym was in Shield working on a brand new Ant Man suit. Because they were going to train a new Ant-Man for a new generation. I thought what was interesting was that
0: I, I I thought it was clear to the men that they would be guarding things from going in there. Not Instead coming of coming out. out. Not yeah. from coming out. So, like, <laughs> the first thing that comes out, he attacks. But he told me he's <laughs> protecting him from anything coming in. So I thought that was, pretty, uh, that was pretty funny. And the thing is, like, he, like, rifle butts that man. Like, he... Knocks him cold out.
1: It says "whack" in big bold letters. Like he legit, you can hear the breaking of his nose just by reading the panel. <laughs> like one of it the, was bad.
0: One of the funny, one of the other interesting things, which is human, about this comic is that um, there's still shades of gray. Um, I, uh, Eric O'Grady works for Shield. Shield is defending the Earth. Seemingly, they work hand in hand, tandem with the Avengers. Uh, Sometimes and especially this time, which is maybe why this um, story is being told, around this time is when you get is around the superhero registration act. We're not too far from civil war. Uh, Oh no, we're not at all. Yeah. um, So, so maybe like shield, like they're trying to paint shield as just people who do as they're told, as opposed to necessarily just all great, all right. All justified uh, people because Eric is those shades of gray. It shows that there's even like not to get to current events with it, but the whole bad cop scenario, like just because you sign up for a job where you're supposed to do the best
1: for your yes. fellow man
0: doesn't necessarily mean that everybody who's in the job has the characteristics
1: to be a great kind Caring individual. Man, I've known good cops. I know I've known bad cops and good criminals. You know, like yeah. it's just how the world is. And so you have this
0: Shield agent, seemingly still irresponsible and still a bit of aloof, um. But you, you don't. They don't ever pictured that way, unless I mean I haven't seen Agents of Shield, but they're never shown. Something we
1: should cover one day, but like, it's like eight seasons.
0: Like if Maria Hill would have walked up onto the helicopter with bed hair, you know, and like yawning and like what I miss. You know, you'd be like, oh, I guess S.H.I.E.L.D.'s just kind of a ragtag
1: group of people. Oh, oh that's now. what's funny about this is, like, Nick Fury is basically a myth to these people. Like, Yeah. When, when it, yeah, when it opens, they're having a poker game, and they're all talking about, hey, you ever seen Nick Fury? Nah, I think he's just a sco- uh, ghost story for bad guys. You sure? Hey, I think he's a robot. He might be an android. Like, well, these that's people the, don't even that's know what thing. Nick Fury looks
0: like. Nick Fury is famous for his uh, life model decoys. These every every time you think Nick Fury is dead, it's this weird robot, fake you know um uh like stunt double esque ah um,
1: oh, so that's what they his. do with
0: Sam Jackson yeah that's what it, that's what it must be and so like this it's funny because um around this time I think it had happened at several points because of this whole Civil War thing right and so like at several points they're looking for Nick Fury and um. They think they got him and they don't. So it's funny that they're talking about it like that because if it I if I could remember correctly, Nick is not down for everything. It it's Maria Hill that ends up being in charge of Shield during the Oh, during she's the basically thing. running the show in this book. Right. And I think that's what that's what it is. So, um you would want to uh what's the word? Like depower the myth of Nick Fury.
1: Yeah because he's
0: not around so you wouldn't want to be like oh yeah he was the greatest and he would have never stood for any of this superhero right oh, oh that guy he's not even real it's a robot <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like he's a mascot like people heard of him he's a fake shield propaganda tool or something like that um i thought that was an interesting way to kind of downplay
1: nick fury for the new cadets like oh yeah no he's probably just a uh, all these robot. new cadets, these new cadets, they, all they do is headbutt Ant-Mans and then steal their suits. Well, this is true. Because that's what happens, man. Chris decides to, you know, th- and that's what I love about him. I think it's 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 I think it's later. There was some point where you see like this, you get, oh, you get Chris's perspective when he's in the suit, the Ant-Man suit. He's always wanted to be a hero. So it kind of makes sense that he would be the person that originally grabs the Ant-Man suit to try on. Yeah. And then he tries it on and <laughs> has no idea what he's doing. And decides to go small, oh, and then as soon as he almost, yeah, like he's like, "Hey, what's this button <laughs> do again?" And then, brr, that's it. He's down. He's small. And then all of a sudden, bam! Shield attacks with Hydra and a brainwashed Wolverine. And for our fans, read Wolverine: Enemy of the State. Something I definitely would want to read one day. Yeah, he's taken over by Hydra. It's he's brain. It's a Wolverine brainwashed by Hydra. I, I read a, a little synopsis while reading this. I went. I did my little rabbit hole of research, and yeah, man, he ends up getting like kidnapped and brainwashed by a Hydra. and Ends up like he—he he, this book kills off a very important X Men. I haven't. I didn't read Who because I wanna. I don't want to spoil it for myself. You talking about the entirety, the entire, the entire? I don't period. know if this is if it's if Wolverine, Enemy of the State, is a uh, you know like if it's another universe like a multiverse or something. But all I know is in that book. And uh, brainwashed Wolverine does some bad things to the X-Men.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, uh, last time we were talking about Wolverine on this podcast,
1: he was brainwashed
0: and he was doing some not-so-nice things to the X-Men. So it's very uh, keeping it kind with him. (laughs) But but, but what was interesting is that um, because we're dealing with the perspective of low-level S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, they're not privy to any of the stuff that's going on with this Wolverine case. It's just something that's going on at their job. You know how when you see like <laughs> something like, like when corporate comes down to talk to your managers, like yep. you're not privy to any of that information because you're so low on the totem pole. There's just something else going on. He's not in charge of any of the Hydra Wolverine surveillance or the <laughs> capture. Like these guys, no, they're not, they know of it. Like, oh, I majority of our job, you know, our, of our workers seem to be put on this detail. To, you know, work on the Wolverine case. But it's just something that happens in the background. Like, that's just a day in the life. In the background, there's just a rogue Avenger that they have to take down.
1: That's a day in the S.H.I.E.L.D. Like yeah, And it's literally just one... It's just Wolverine and Hydra. It yeah. has that little one-page panel and just slashing through Well, then somebody everybody. says
0: something like, just Wolverine? And they were like, you don't want to... like <laughs> Don't say that. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah like more? like Wolverine under that control, he would just... He's already taken out too
1: many soldiers, and one of the guys like I've never seen Wolverine that up close before. It's like well, neither have I, you know. And then, and but you would think that these guys are all shaking their
0: hands. That's what I'm saying. Like shield is so must be so vast, you know. They have janitors and they have you know guys who will watch over the security tapes. I'm pretty sure they have people who do their laundry. You know, oh, not, of course, not, like, not it, all it the is jobs whole are, union
1: thing, yeah.
0: Not all the jobs are as uh, you know shiny as um, Agent Coulson's. Oh no,
1: not at all. And then again, even Agent Coulson's job wasn't that shiny. Poor guy. No. And now panicking, we have an Ant-Man on our. We have a new Ant-Man in our midst, going through the vents, trying to find out how to, you know, get out of that suit. Yeah, he, did he didn't become? put. He didn't
0: put his friend in a good pre- predicament
1: because no, not only is
0: the suit stolen, but no, I'm talking about um Eric O'Grady. Uh, oh no, you know Eric O'Grady sees his friend put on the suit, the suit disappears. Not only is the suit gone, but now his friend's gone, and odds are he's going to be asked about either one, <laughs> you know, and he doesn't have an answer for, for either. And then, like you said, the homeboy is in the suit, but he doesn't know how it works. He doesn't even know how he got small. So now it's about, like, the helicarrier itself is huge. It houses so many soldiers and, and, you know, operatives,
1: and he's now the size of a penny walking around that thing. And with during when she was one of my oh my God, I think this is when you really knew uh Eric O'Grady was just a piece of work because after um right after this guy go um Chris McCarthy goes through the vents, he ends up stumbling into his girlfriend Veronica's ventilation room so she that and which is Eric is in and Eric decides to tell. Chris's girlfriend lies about I think it was um a librarian's pants he was trying to get into, but that, that turns out being a librarian that actually turned Eric down. Well, yeah, you
0: got to back it up a bit. So Eric has a crush on this Veronica woman. Um, Chris and Veronica have been seeing and sleeping with each other for weeks without Eric. Yeah, knowing. about two weeks. Yeah, without Eric knowing. So they're basically they're basically dating, but they just told Eric they're going to go on their first date. Uh and so to Eric's knowledge, they've been on one date. Now that Chris is seemingly out of the picture for a second, Eric Oh, uh, he really thought he was <laughs> dead.
1: That's the thing he thought he in his head. Oh, this guy is dead.
0: Well another thing is Veronica it had been coming to up to him and like asking if he if he knew where he was. And he's constantly like, No, no, I don't know. And she's getting increasingly more worried. And so he's like, Well, you know, by the way, he was he was kinda like seeing somebody else. No, cause she goes, uh, uh, we've been we've been messing around for about two weeks. We thought we should tell you. Um, he wanted to tell you, but he thought it'd make you upset, and so she he's like, um. Oh no no I'm fine with that so you guys have yeah, been seeing each other for tastic- a couple of weeks Yeah he says, like really no No that's no what clue, I was, that's but... what I'm saying Leah and then he's like uh so you guys have been seeing each other for 2 weeks so uh, well, that's weird because 2 weeks ago I saw you know and then he just starts gossiping and just telling lies on his
1: friend it was like Christian his... and Weapon Storage that's who I was like this is kind of awkward you know I just seen him with Christian with uh Christian and Weapon Storage 2 months ago like But that whole thing just feels so
0: mundane like like um you know Jill from accounting or whatever you know, like, oh it, yeah, it's
1: and it's so like, oh, man, who does this? It's such a like, slice of
0: life in that in that world. Everything is is played off as just like I said again. Wolverine is just oh yeah, look, it's Wolverine. Oh, I've never seen him before. Like it's just played off as
1: uh, in universe, basically. So during this attack, Chris tries his best to help his fellow Shield agents. Try to be, you know, he tries to be an Ant Man, which uh, he can't do. No, he's not that good at it. He made some ant friends, though. He made, a, I think, well, that that scene of him eating um,
0: beans, a big a big bean, yeah, because he, I think that's nothing. You know, he didn't have any food. It was hard to get places. He was really working that suit, so he ends up finding like going to the commissary, finding a can of beans, eating some, and then he brought some food over to the other ants, <laughs> and he was chilling with them. So like, you were really seeing him come into his own, and then this attack happens, and he's watching literal S.H.I.E.L.D. agents die. Like, on die, the, yeah, like, die literally die
1: on the car- that Carrier. And, uh, did yeah. you happen to, um, because I, I, I wanted to ask beforehand, but that little um, page where you see, like, a bunch of bad guys attacking, like, the back of the, heel- the S.H.I.E.L.D. Hella Carrier, do you know any of them? I did not recognize any of them. You didn't recognize any of them you
0: remember what issue that was in? This was in the second issue. Uh, I can check, uh,
1: while you talk, but... It I was, like, not, it's I, some guy with, like, a... He's, he's, like, wearing, like, all red and gold. He has, like, gold wings. Another guy above him wearing blue. They, I remember
0: thinking at the time that it... That, that like, I think these are, like, fucking D-villains or whatever. Like yeah, that. like, they're, they're
1: probably Z-villains. I, I don't, like, um... I'm they were just drawn it. in to just look, because I'm just looking at them like, I have no idea who these people are. But, yeah, be be... Um... Chris, uh, finally decides yeah, to help one shield look, one S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. I think that might be Electra. Maybe? Right? That kind that looks like, I'm saying the same thing. That looks like Electra. I think that like all black, like a Weapon X Elektra. That might be a,
0: yeah, uh, that might be Electra. Um, she might have been working with Hydra. But the other ones I do not recognize. One of them looks like a fake Iron Man.
1: That's what I'm saying. The one with the wings, right? Yeah. Yep, fake Iron Man.
0: I have no idea. Was, yeah. Whoops. What do you before uh, before we continue? What do you think of the new
1: design for
0: the suit? Oh, it's way um, different than it's way different than the.
1: Uh, oh others. man, how do I say? It? I don't like it. No, it just is looks, it the, it is looks it the weird, weird. Antenna ears? It's the antenna ears and the bug eyes. Okay. I love the helmet. I'm, the, I'm I love the helmet. You know, I love the how face, the helmet does the face
0: mouth the face uh,
1: mouth thingy. No, I love Scott Lang's suit. Okay. I love, when I first saw Scott Lang's suit in comics, I thought it was fantastic. I was like, yes, this is what I wanted out of Iron Man. Like, I love Iron Man's colors. I love the fact that the helmet is an ant face. Mm -hmm. But I don't like that whole little juggernaut face piece in the middle where you could, like, see his face. I thought that was weird. So when we got the Scott Lang and it looks even doper, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm here for this. But this, this looks like the Iron Spider suit to me.
0: Oh, okay. It even has like and the legs,
1: not... like the, the limbs, like the Iron, like the Superior Spider-Man. It's like it's like an, a robotic Superior Spider-Man suit. It's weird.
0: And that's why I was saying that we're not, I uh, um, you know, we weren't too far from Civil War, so maybe they were taking some pointers from all that, you know. Maybe they were like, okay, well, they really liked Iron Spider. Let's take some pointers from that and put that in this. Probably because this is 2007. When did Civil War come out? 2008. Yeah, I asked, well, I asked because there's been multiple... Uh, early on when Hank Pym introduces himself to, I believe, some of the... Uh, the uh, candidates for yeah, the new Ant-Man. That's exactly what it is. The candidates for the new... Because they're going to be like a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, sponsored
1: Ant-Man. Literally, yeah, they're literally an Ant-Man controlled by S.H.I.E.L.D. Like S.H.I.E.L.D.'s own superhero. Like a mascot for S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, so they get into the nitty-gritty
0: about Hank Pym in the sense that... When he introduces himself, he introduces himself with all his aliases, which are, which are Hank Pym, Ant Man, Giant Goliath, Man, Goliath Yellow, Jacket, Yellow Jacket, and he was Wasp at one point. When um when uh Janet dies, uh
1: he becomes Wasp in memoriam for a bit. Well, well, basically, since we're already you know in spoiler territory, anybody that hasn't read the book should stop listening and start reading, and then come back. But <laughs> you know. They're at, um, what's it called? Three, I think after this attack on S.H.I.E.L.D., they go back to S.H.I.E.L.D. three months later, and they're already talking about the fact that there's going to be some new superhero registration act being passed down from Congress. We're only like Maria Hill was telling it to Mitch, like, you know, pretty soon all these costume freaks are going to be out of a job, stuff like that. So, yeah, this book is running in tandem with Civil War. Yeah. It's like, it, it's like while Civil War is going down this is what's going down on the other end, like the Fear of the Walking Dead type thing. And that's what's great with Kirkman. It's like, it's all a circle. It all makes sense to me in my head. It's like, it's like breaking down it by its like, you know, scientific method, like Kirkman who did Walking Dead and then the show is Walking Dead and then Fear of the Walking Dead and this is going on during an extension of Civil War. It's beautiful. This is why I wanted to cover this book with you. I dig it. I so dig it. I dig, I, I dig having a, an Ant-Man who has no idea how to be Ant-Man. So he decides to try and help his friends. And then reunite with his douchebag friend. Because yeah. while under attack while, when the attack... while the attack is going on... Eric and Chris reunite with each other. And then Chris is... Uh, shot in the back of the head. That was oh, pretty brutal. Man. Yo, so bad. Shot in the back of the head. And then his final dying words... In the most poetic justice of way, his final dying words is, I can't believe you told. I can't believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn, bro. That's it. It's it's like Not only not, in, not only is your best friend dying in your arms, but now you have to know that he knows that you're a piece of shit. <laughs> yep, yep. Because
0: had he not told them that, there would have been no way for him to know that he was hurt
1: yeah I and you I would have never have known yeah and that is so like that was just so sad but uh a week later eric and veronica cuz uh, yeah basically the oh the shield ca- carrier basically went down and eric sees nick fury they're like, oh yeah like oh yeah look cuz he robs the suit off of his now dead dead best friend's body it's kind of messed up but he was panicking and fearing for his life so i understand and then you just see Nick Fury just arise from the rubble, which is probably, like you say, probably a robot body double because ain't no way he's surviving that attack. Like you literally, like there's a, if you look right in front of Nick Fury, there's a skull like on fire. Yes, it's like if it's like a, like if someone's trying to tell us this is a dead Ghost Rider or something, like man's face is burnt to embers. Do the heroes show up, or am
0: I misremembering
1: something? There ain't no heroes. There ain't no in heroes, this. right? Ain't no heroes in this book. Ain't no. The only person you saw was Wolverine under attack. And him uh, cuffed, under control. Up, so yeah, cuffed up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So there was really no heroes in this. But um, I think a week later, it's now the funeral for uh, Chris McCarthy. <laughs> this, none which of is, this
0: makes sense. But go ahead. Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, because I think um oh no I did miss writing something. Which wasn't really that important. It was just um, during the hel- helicarrier thing. It was, yeah, it was the, during the helicarrier attack. There was like this uh, infirmary camp, okay, outside where every where all shield agents were, and then Eric O'Grady comes popping up with Nick Fury on his arm, right? And he like puts him down, and then he's like he sees Veronica, and she's like in a sling, and they have to. He has to tell her that Chris is dead, and they hug each other, and then that was it. One week later, we're in Lancaster, Vermont, Chilly. and it's yeah. And it uh, Veronica and Chris, uh, Veronica and Eric, go to attend Chris's funeral, and the welcoming ain't so welcoming. When Chris's well, mother they yells also have in to Eric's face, they also have to stay at Eric's house. No, Chris's Chris's house is it? Chris's, Chris's house? parents? Yeah,
0: they're staying at Chris's house with Chris's. Parents. Oh, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yes, I I got the names mixed up. They're staying They're staring at the deceased's house with their parents. Because yeah. I'm assuming Chris
1: had been a longtime friend of Eric's, so this. Oh would no! Yeah, have been they like in... they like grew up together basically. No, it says right here in the hometown of Chris and Eric O'Grady. They grew, They literally both grew up in Lancaster, Vermont. Yes. One wanted to be a superhero. The other one wanted to be a dick. Yes. <laughs> what a what, what a way to grow up! And yeah, the welcoming wasn't so welcoming when Chris's mother literally yells in Eric's face, telling him it should have been him that died. The wrong that was kid died, really. Think. Yo, she, that was really – he's like, my son, my dead son, Like that's pretty – I was, like, getting sad, man. She's yeah. like, why couldn't it have been you? I'm like, yo, this is somebody – let's let's just say for the sake of argument, Eric O'Grady and Chris MacArthur were the, and McCarthy were the same age at 32. That's a kid you've known for, let's say, three decades, and you're telling him straight up, I wish you were dead instead of my son. That's, well, that's, what's, what's weird
0: about that moment is that, to my knowledge – is it public knowledge that Eric had anything to do with this? No, the right? Deaf? No. So then, what so, is she? She's just saying she's just angry in general that Eric is alive and Chris isn't, and which, and might, the thing which that, might just say yeah. more about how people looked at Eric in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, did Eric? Like, let's say this is me also playing Devil's Advocate, like how you not Devil's Advocate, but you know, adding headcanon, like how you were saying about them you know, her knowing him for three decades. Um This could have also been a situation where, you know, uh Chris's mom knows that Eric is a piece of trash and is hoping more of mothers Eric's... always know. That's yeah. true. But she's hoping Eric's, I mean, sorry, Chris's goodness rubs off more on Eric than Eric's shittiness rubs off on Chris. And so it becomes a thing more where they tolerate Eric, not necessarily love and, you know, not necessarily love and embrace
1: him, but more so, tolerate him because of their son. Oh, no, they, they go, they're giving us the breadcrumbs of, of like Eric was Eric is not somebody people like, they're somebody people tolerate for other people. And you're you are 100% correct on the maybe the parents tolerated him for their son because it was even shown later when Mitch was like, I'm not your friend, Chris liked you, and Chris was the only reason why I ever liked you. Like, you know, it's shown that Chris was what gave Eric that. Um, you know, credibility of being an an okay person, and so with him gone, they're
0: like, they, I'm gonna tell you how I hold. You. <laughs> like, I'm gonna let it all out at this point. Like, it, this, this this may seem cruel and out of nowhere, but trust me, it, you know, I I always feared that something that you guys would be involved in would get him killed.
1: Um, well, we're throwing our are... own head cannon into it, who's to say Chris wasn't the one that dragged Eric into Shield? Chris was the one that, when he got his own chance to have solo scenes when he was Ant-Man, it showed he did want to be a hero. He looked up to guys like Captain America. And that's what creates a a weird sense of tragic irony. Because
0: if that is the case, which makes sense because Chris has shown or expressed interest in wanting to be a hero, uh, unlike Eric, then, yeah, you know, you sign up. You want to be a hero. You get a job where you can be a hero. You get your friend that same job. Then you die doing it, and he still <laughs> he still is. And he, and he never not, wanted. He it. He and yeah. never wanted. Never really wanted to be. Yeah.
1: So I was like, God, the wrong person did die. In a yeah. sense. Oh man. And then, and then we're at the cemetery of Chris McCarthy, and a vulnerable Veronica decides to make out with Eric over the gravesite. I've like, never seen this before. I've never experienced this before. It
0: takes a certain kind of person to, to just... make out with the best friend of your dead boyfriend on their fucking grave. Well, site. the thing is, passion is passion. And oftentimes, passion uh, throws away logic. And so I can see you throwing away logic on a momentary, you know, lapse of judgment of passion. But there's too many factors, in my opinion. For any of that to have gone off, unless they're both pieces of trash. And later on, doesn't she kiss him later on as well? This is something that continues. Yeah, it,
1: yeah, no. Th- this is this is a relationship that continues between them. Right. And it's weird. It's just for her, not for Eric. What's well, weird? For her, it's it's like, kind
0: of weird for both of them because she was talking wild crap to him about him too, Chris. Yeah, basically. I don't know what you see in that
1: guy. And, he tried. He
0: tried to ask me out a, a million times. You know, and I don't want to do with it. And it's then, probably the red hair. It's probably because he's a redhead. I think it's a tragedy, but then it's like, oh my god, like that's just even worse. An idea, and then the idea that he would be exploiting that tragedy—it's not great stuff, Dan.
1: Yeah. So she comes to her senses and she storms off. And then was, he that to or after, or was that before? After
0: was that before? After her shirt is ripped open in a fit of passion. Oh my, yeah. yeah.
1: Just there with her bra. They just out in they the just pop rain. the buttons.
0: They just rip open the uh, open the shirt. Pop open the buttons.
1: What and... is it with movies and TVs where guys just feel the need to rip off the buttons of a chick's shirt? How is she supposed to go home? What I don't know. Your shirt? They don't Why think are about you that. Off they your no, shirt? no one thinks. About no one that. ever thinks about ripping off the shirt, and you're supposed to go home like this. Like I'm just gonna rip off my shirt in a heat of passion. That's not passion. Um, but, like, no, and the thing is, like, they were down to do
0: it. I'm assuming that that's what they were going to do. They were going to have sex. Well, they were going to uh, have sex right on that grave site. But she turns and sees the headstone. Yeah. And that's what stops her. But they were down to do it in the dirt, in the rainy dirt of the
1: cemetery. No head, which doesn't make sense because I've, sadly enough, been to my fair share of funerals. And I know that a headstone needs to be ordered because it needs to be engraved. Yes. So, so sure. like, so... When you go to um, when, when someone dies and they're buried at a cemetery, there's a good like month where there's a no month. Maybe it's a family. It was like a family plot or something. That would be, That would also make sense. If it was, but then that means that they would have their sons. They would have to order their son's gravestone in that week before the funeral. Right, and then That's... and also,
0: uh, so that they can have sex on top of the, <laughs> on, top of the on top of the lawn.
1: Oh my god! I can't believe they did that. Like, yeah,
0: like what? All right. Yeah,
1: it's like I'm like oh, I forgot about that part. That's literally one of the biggest parts that I forgot, and I'm I forgot that he told the girl, uh, Chris's girlfriend, uh, lies. And I forgot about the part where they made out in the on, in the, the cemetery. So in both those parts, I'm like, "Yo, wait a minute! I know it's irredeemable Ant Man, but I don't remember this guy being an asshole. Like, well, well, this guy's an
0: asshole." Well, in my opinion, he hadn't um, he hadn't done anything in that first issue that made him irredeemable in my eyes. He was no. kind of a jerk, and he was kind of you know he was kind of aloof. But he wasn't malicious yet. And so, that that first issue ends with the revelation that he told that girl, you know, about Chris. Or that lie about Chris. And I think that was on purpose for you to end that first issue knowing that, you
1: know, why they're calling him irredeemable. Why, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, because all you really get is these, like, hints, these breadcrumbs, like, Chris, uh, Mitch not liking him and Veronica not liking him. That's it. But you know, just cause someone doesn't like somebody doesn't mean that person's a bad person. Right. So I totally understand, but then we drum to three months later and shield is slowly getting back to normal. You know, everybody's like, they have the, I think they're like a uh, therapy counseling or like trauma counseling for anybody that needs it. So, you know, shield knows how to handle their mentally unstable. So thank God for that. <laughs> And Eric O'Grady has had the Ant Man suit for about three months now. Yeah, and all that time, the Director of Shield Maria because it's I think it, they she was called Director Hill. Yes, throughout this issue. So she yeah, I wrote. So I wrote Director of Shield Maria Hill just in case because I I know I wasn't going crazy that Mitch kept calling her Director Shield uh, Director Hill. So uh, Maria Hill and Hank Pym have been trying have been training Mitch. I knew I messed up writing this. This is what I get for writing this stuff. Mitch has been training Mitch Carson to be the next Ant-Man because actually Hank Pym chose him originally within the candidates when everything was being under attack. He was always one of the candidates who was there to be chosen for Ant-Man. Yeah, and the which... other idea is that, like, Mitch—not Mitch—Eric Um,
0: Eric is not a field agent. Like, he's not a— he has no field agency
1: training whatsoever
0: now. Right, and and so they, he has no combat training, he has no surveillance training, none of that stuff. So Mitch was the best because he was the best at those things. So the idea is that they're going to they're gonna help arm Mitch with his own Iron Man suit so he can go find
1: the lost Iron Man suit,
0: which is a very dangerous, you know.
1: Yeah, but even Hank Pym said it. It's like, I know you have the stamina and the strength and the field training, but your suit is literally obsolete to the suit that this guy stole right so and, and and hank and um eric o'grady who you see during the time that he was in lancaster vermont i t- should have wrote this down thank god for remembering he tried being ant-man once and he ended up killing a guy by accident or almost oh killing that a guy was by hilarious I, don't, I, don't, was... No, I was wondering
0: if you were gonna bring that up
1: <laughs> yeah i forgot I like, no but when i told you in the group and when i told you in our chats earlier that there was a lot of things that i left out so i can remember to talk about here's a perfect example i definitely wanted to talk about the, the fact of eric O'Grady grady trying to do a good thing and stop domestic violence and ends up almost killing a guy right because you
0: know he um the, the the other famous fact that everyone knows about ant-man is the idea that even though he goes he shrinks he still maintains his same like power and
1: density somehow well, no, that—that's thats actually the real thing about science is that just because you know, it—I think it's mass and pressure times weight times like force and like size. So just because you're a two hundred and eighty-pound man that's like you know built like Brock Lesnar, but the size of a Tic Tac doesn't mean you ain't punching like a two hundred and seventy-pound man right. the size of Brock Lesnar. Right. You put Brock Lesnar in an Ant-Man suit, he's literally going to rip people apart. And that was one of the most beautiful – I have to bring this up because I don't know I, – I feel like this was a Edgar Wright decision. And then when they kicked him off the project, the rest was all Disney. But there's a part in the, in the first Ant-Man movie where um, he falls out the bathtub he right cra- onto the floor, the, and he, he cracks, cracks the, the fucking tile. Yeah. Because it's literally a two hundred and twenty pound man, at the size of a tic tac, falling from like ten from like a hundred feet up. So the fact that he cried, that it should have been that for the rest of the movie of him, you know, breaking things like you know if he's walking if he gets thrown into a glass window he should break the window just because he's small. That's real science. Right. And I, you know that was always the thing about Ant Man's writing where I feel it takes a certain writer. To write Ant-Man. Because you have to understand... Just because he's small... Doesn't mean he's not dangerous.
0: Yeah, so he throws this punch... And it's the same thing with the Superman... You know, thing. If Superman is as powerful as they say he is... When he punches you... It wouldn't be... The reaction you see when normal people get punched... Where the, oh, no, it's the, the jaw, and then the jaw... And then the jaw... Recoils, the body recoils, the head recoils. He would go right through.
1: It'd yeah. be
0: like punching... a uh, a, a garbage bag full of water you know like that's and that's what it's like in this instance where he goes to punch a man but he ends up punching him in the neck and uh he knows that he'll be powerful but also all that power is being concentrated on the smallest surface uh which is his fist which is probably the size of a pin maybe and so yeah that, with the force of 200-some-odd pounds, goes right through the man's neck. His fist goes right through the man's neck. When he pulls it out, the guy just starts to bleed out. So he has to call the ambulance.
1: <laughs> he did call the ambulance. Right? I think it was in the suit. like the Yeah, suit he, doesn't, like a... he doesn't die. He, he's, he's able to call the ambulance. <laughs> Thank God, because I, I don't know. That's, that was so messed up. He's like, all right, time to be Ant-Man. Oh, no. I just punched through this guy's neck. Yep, yep. Oh man and then yeah so we see um Carson is being trained to be the next Ant-Man and he's being tasked to retrieve the suit basically yep Hold on, let me just see I've never done this whole uh take the reins before so I'm 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 scrolling on my Kindle and I'm reading off my phone, so it's like I'm doing the whole the and because I, the way I wrote this is chronological, a lot of this is going to be back and forth. So right, <laughs> so little... we we should be roughly around the time they're of... back on Shield. There we go. Yep, there we go. I'm here. We are three months later, and we're back on Shield. You see Eric O'Grady in a one of those um civilian pods. I think they call them uh, city transports or something like that. Yeah. And... I don't know, because I wrote... Oh, I, There was a lot of writing that I didn't miss. We have uh, O'Grady being coaxed by Mitch saying we need to talk because they need to find the Ant-Man suit. Yep. And then we have... <laughs> and then here's the first inkling. This is, to me, you know... This is not your grand, your grandparents' superhero because we have Eric O'Grady literally settling in. It says a few hours later after settling in, in the women's locker room. Of Shield, right? Yep, he's in the Shield's women's locker room. Oh dear. And then not too long after that, you have Eric being, you know, uh, not attacked, but I guess approached by confronted. ants. Uh, <laughs> confronted, confronted like, by ants. Bro, I need to bring this up. What? A- what is with S.H.I.E.L.D.'s infestation problem?
0: Well, yeah, he talks about that. Isn't this, the helicarrier is pretty high in the, in the sky, so the idea is, like, where is these? Where
1: do are they on? just follow, like, Hank Pym or something like
0: that? Maybe, but, maybe he has spies. Maybe those
1: are... <laughs> but spies. I love it because one minute he's like, Ah, oh, stay back! And i like, huh, you guys are staying back? Lift up a leg. They lift up a leg. Roll over. They don't do nothing. It's like okay, I get it. I can talk to you guys; so you guys can understand me, but I can't control you. Right. All right. And then the, the next page, he has ant races in the ventilation, yep, and girl, it's good. And it's very Paul Rudd. Yep. That's what's beautiful. It's like a lot of a lot of the comedy behind Eric O'Grady is very Paul Rudd. Not that the, so much the dickish personality, but the comedy that the second this new ant man figures out he can talk and communicate with ants, he would use them to manipulate them into racing. Yeah. For his own so it, it, seemingly it it's kind of it, it's it it is kind of beautiful in a sense. Like beauty in the sense of like, damn, it's like maybe in a maybe there's like ways that you could find the Eric O'Grady comedic personality in the Paul Rudd Scott Lang. So it's like it's great, but basically you have a whole bunch of Eric back at work. Veronica trying to like you know talk with him, and him just like you know brushing her off until he finally like yeah. The main, huh, the you- main,
0: like the main, I uh, operate uh, ob- objection objective <laughs> objective at the moment is to find his Ant-Man suit. That's what everybody's oh, focused on.
1: Oh. oh yeah, you have. A- and yo, I'm not going to lie, Mitch in the Ant-Man suit looks great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but Mitch in the Ant-Man suit looks kind of dope. Nah, but, agree. yeah, so um, Eric, uh, after spending the night with Veronica, decides to take a bunch of food, like, from the cafeteria and bring it to his ant friends. And then, bam, we have the standoff. Yep. With Mitch Carson confronts Eric not knowing it's Eric. And Eric uses his ability to communicate with the ants to take advantage of the situation and attack um, Mitch. Because, like, oh, you have... I think he says like, you have, like, a nice Ant-Man suit, but uh, can it do this? And then, bam. Because, like I said, I'm going... I'm literally going through chronological. So, at this point, when... At this point in the comic, when you read it, it shows he's... Carson is confronting Ant-Man, and then it jumps to present day... And it's Carson confronting Ant Man in that lady's apartment.
0: Oh yeah. So it's and then Wait, it, no, you're the getting, comic uh, Ant- basically what happens is um, he go he's constantly just trying to get away from Mitch. He doesn't want to fight him. He doesn't, you know, he's, he's not very good at. Oh no, he at yet, all so. doesn't want to fight him. No. Um, and so, in one instance, in trying to get away from him, he activates his jet packs, um, and in activating his jet packs, uh, Mitch is in close proximity, and he gets his face burned off, or half of his
1: face burned off. Oh, well, we're we're getting there. That's yeah. this is still the first confrontation. Yeah, that was my that was my issue with writing this thing is was like, um, from the time of Shield getting back to normal to the time of of um Mitch getting burned is only a few days. Right, if a few days, maybe two. But that's why I thought he got burned in that first confrontation, didn't he? No, 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 no. That this is the second confrontation. Okay. Or wait, oh, wait. Let me let me see. Is this the f- I'm pretty sure this was all because this is issue. No, this is the no. This is the second confrontation. Remember, this was when he finally got away because he had jetpack. um, during the confrontation, Eric sends ants to attack him. Right? That's what you was like. Oh, you have a nice suit, and you could. He knew who Mitch Carson was, and he's like, "You can fight, but can you? Can your suit do this?" And he communicates with the ants to attack Carson. Okay, because at the end of the day. Mitch was in a, let's say, golden age Ant-Man outfit. And uh, Eric O'Grady is in, like, a bronze age Ant-Man outfit. Okay. So he ends up using the ants to attack him, and he gets away. Uh, I, two weeks have passed since the confrontation, because I had to... I, I This was one of the big researches I had to do. I had to read this shit, like, twice and scroll through. I had to make sure... How long passed since the first confrontation to the next confrontation? And it was two weeks. Two weeks have passed since his initial confrontation with Mitch and everything seems to be going normal for Eric, including being rude to Veronica. Like literally telling her, hey, listen, man, we did our thing. It was fun. You know, time to end it. (laughs) She slaps her in front of everybody. Yeah, Just a straight slap in the face because later we find out She's pregnant, and that was the conversation she was trying to have with him.
0: What a scumbag!
1: She was trying to have the conversation of, "Hey, I'm 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 late," and every guy in the world knows what it means when a girl says, "Hey, I'm late." Yep. And if there is no, I don't be, I don't believe any guy that says no. I don't believe it. Any any guy that that says I don't know what it means when a girl says, "Hey, I'm late." You're a fucking liar. Every guy in the world knows what, hey, I'm late means.
0: I still think that's it's, a modern, that's a pretty modern. Um, it's a colloquial at this point. Colloquial, colloquialism. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, it's literally a modern day colloquialism. If a girl goes, if you, if you know a girl that you had sex with within four to one, look, what, what, Three to six weeks? I'd say, I say about did- a
0: month, yeah. About a month because... About, a, about four because to six weeks. Because the odds are, are you're going to find the woman... The odds are that, that you would sleep with a woman at the beginning of her cycle. The idea is that she would have just got off her period and then you would have to wait a whole month. You could literally sometimes be... It could be a week later. You know what and, I'm you saying? Know, you <laughs> know she heard? Was, she was I heard? heard some women
1: ovulate on their period. I've heard this as well. So, most guys are thinking, yo, this girl's on her period? Oh, yeah, there's so much blood flow and... And, and bacteria that I can have sex Hunter. Well, I,
0: I don't think I've ever heard like Oh, yeah, there's so much bacteria and blood. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's so much bacteria and blood. So that's just my, that's my jam. But I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're, what you're alluding to. <laughs> I just wanted to let the readers know <laughs> that you're not celebrating bacteria or uh, blood. I'm it a private
1: I, I, eye. Well, <laughs> no, she, a she, she's Erica pregnant. Grady, uh,
0: Erica, Poor Erica girl's yes. pregnant. No, that
1: was actually. Are you a fan that, of this girl?
0: Like, are you? Did you want them to stay together? Like, what? What's your feelings towards her when things like this happen against her? Do you have any sympathy? What's up? It's
1: it's the Wallace Wells of it all. I'm grabbing her by the hands right outside that high school and saying, "You're too good for him. Run." Oh. Dear. <laughs> like, no, it is so sad. There was a lot. Like I said, there was. I remember basically from reading this book. I remember the per- I remember Eric O'Grady being a piece of shit, and I remember a lot of panels of him spying on women in showers. But there was some stuff that because, like I said, it's been like 11 years since I read this book, and 10 years, and it's just hitting me. So that one panel of her just saying, "You know, like Eric, you're an asshole," and she's crying. Eric, you're an asshole. Eric, you're an asshole. And she turns over to the side of her nightstand. And there's a positive pregnancy test there. I'm like, oh my god! Oh my god! What
0: I think that's also interesting is that like I'm reading this for the first time. You've already read this and you've suggested it, right? So, like, I'm trying to um, put myself in, like, I'm trying to answer the question in my head, you know, what, what makes him redeemable? Irredeemable, sorry. And in my mind, I think that the answer I'm going to end up coming to is going to be something about what he's done in this Ant-Man suit. But there's a lot of irredeemable things that he's done just as Eric O'Grady. You
1: no, know, 100%. That, so it's like, he might be irredeemable inside and out. I think I figured out where the irredeemable net, where the title irredeemable comes from. It's his constant lack of wanting to change. It's like he knows who he is, he's comfortable with who he is, he loves being who he is, and he's not going to change. And that's what makes him irredeemable. It's not that he doesn't know he's an asshole and he's just being himself because of past trauma and, you know, Time's Arrow. It has nothing to do with that. He's an asshole because he wants to be an asshole. Right. And that is what makes him irredeemable to me because even later you see Mitch coming to him and inviting him to a poker game, which is very, uh, a big pivotal moment because you it's, it's been built up that Mitch, it was that first poker game though. That just the con the context and the tone. I don't know why with me, but even with reading and seeing, as long as I can see the way an artist draws a person's face, it's like, I can read that tone and context. It's like, I know how they're feeling like the I can read the sarcasticness off of it by just having a word bubble with the one word in bold and italicized. You know, then then you know the whole speech is sarcasm. Right. So for Mitch to just come up to him and just invite him, hey, there's a poker game. You know, Chris would really want the way he was saying is like, you know, Chris would want you to come. Chris wouldn't want you to stay home and be sad. Even in that you other, even in that first
0: poker game weren't were, we're somebody trying to give Eric a hard time and Chris was like hey hey, hey leave Eric
1: alone, it was Mitch. Yeah. That's what's that's what's beautiful about this whole thing. Yeah. So then we finally get that um, game. what's it called, the poker game. because yeah. uh, I'm I'm like I said I'm reading through my. No, it's not
0: chronological. So. Like like you told those people uh, for the most part, there's two things happening at the same time. It's oh no yeah uh, it's it's, it's
1: it's flash forward and flat and uh, flashback. Yeah. It's literally balancing between present and now and the way they're doing the transitions is so beautiful that I can see it as if it's like a movie. Like, you know, you have it in the past, Ant-Man, Ant-Man, Eric O'Grady and Ant-Man, Mitch Carson confronting each other. And then you swipe because I read it on my Kindle. I swipe to the next page and bam, it's present day Mitch Carson confronting Eric O'Grady. So it's like it's really cool. So then we get this... So now we're finally during the poker game and uh, Eric is just basically taking money from everybody. Like, he's just... He's like, I, I start with... He he starts the hand with 50 and yeah. people start folding immediately. He calls to 100, people are out. He, he says, I'm throwing all in and the only person calling his bluff is Mitch Carson. And then he starts talking about how how good of a liar he is. And it was, it's, it's really great because he's like, um, All of like, animosities, you know, he's like, and you could just, you could just, the the tension is palpable. It's beautiful. He's like trying to read me, huh? You can't though, can you? Am I bluffing? Think you can tell? My bluff is so good. You can't even, I could be bluffing a bluff. <laughs> I could tell you the Easter bunny and you'd believe me. If there's one thing I'm good at, and let me tell you, I'm the best. It's lying. And then he flips the table. It was you. It was you, you son of a bitch. Like he confronts him. He's like, You did it. You killed Chris. You stole the Ant Man suit. And everybody else in that room is like, Yo, Mitch, what the hell are you like Mitch? You've been uh you've been dipping into the Jesus wine? Like what are you doing, Mitch? Like they had no idea and it was beautiful. I think um one of them is like, Mitch, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. He's like, good, then you can leave. <laughs> yeah, yep. He's like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then bounce. He's not playing like. around. No, he's not playing around at all. So Mitch decides, uh, Eric, thinking on his feet, good old Eric O'Grady tells Mitch, hey, man, check my room. I'm right here right now. Take me to my room and yep. we'll go check it ourselves. Let's go.
0: And this is is also a play on the joke that at the beginning he didn't know where his room was. Remember?
1: Oh, (laughs) because of the new helicarrier, he he didn't know where his room was. So then he's like, so he he puts the the password in wrong. He's like, oh, these damn passwords. You know, they don't. I'm still getting used to my new room. Yada yada yada. And then pushes him and runs into his room, closes the door. Because you know he 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 was thinking on his feet, pushes him him to his side. He locked him. No, he locked him out the room. He okay. push uh, as soon as he as soon as he puts his coat in, he jumps he in and slams pushes. The door. Yeah, he pushes him, jumps in and slams the door. And then Mitch Carl Carlson goes, uh, "Shield agent override, something like that." You know, he's basically overriding the door with his uh, jurisdiction. Yeah. So then, then, bam! Eric got his suit. He's in the vents. Mitch Carlson finds him because it's known. Hank Pym gives him an Ant Man tracker that tracks particles. So every time he goes small or goes big, it leaves little particle dusts behind.
0: The pin particles have like a weird radiation trail. Or the radi the radiation
1: trail. So they go perfectly. So he follows him into the vent. They finally have that one on one showdown. Uh Carlson's basically kicking his ass. Uh Mitch uh, not Mitch. Um Eric, Mr. Resourceful, always ends up getting away. But the fight ends up breaking out into the mess hall, which I think was one of the best parts of this series on uh, this volume. Yeah, like they're fighting on one of the guy's hats. Uh, Dugan. Yes, his name was Dum Dum Dugan. Dumb, Dugan. I,
0: Dugan. Yep.
1: I ever kept calling him Dum Dum Dugan? Yeah, like he, they're literally fighting on the brim of his hat. Then they fall onto the table, and you like all the shield members are like following around, like, "Hey, what is this?" And he's literally basically watching two tic tacs fight. Yes. And then Eric goes to get away and ends up... Oh, no, because what happened was is uh he, he tackles Mitch to get away from him. Mitch hits the floor. His helmet cracks, shatters, which is why I say these kinds of, you know, half helmets aren't good. Yeah. Because look how freaking undurable that is. <laughs> One fall, that shit cracks, and then Eric headbutts and, like, leave me headbutt alone. That's it. I'm out of here, bro. He goes to the skedaddle and blows a jetpack right in his face. Whole left side of his face. And this this is actually a funny scene for me because I feel like this is what makes the irredeemable Ant-Man redeemable. This is issue like six. So built, everything built up to this point, Eric is a piece of shit. He's out for himself. He's selfish. What does he do when Mitch is... Gonna die, he literally outs himself. Not outs himself as I'm Eric O'Grady, but outs himself as, hey, I stole the Ant Man suit to bring Mitch to the infirmary. Right. That's a hero. Even you been would done, admit, yeah. that's a hero <laughs> move. It would have been, yeah, and it did. I think a lot
0: of times when you look at like hero, what a hero does in a moment, it's it's self sacrificial. Like they may not be getting any the best out of it, the best out of this situation.
1: He literally just, sacrificed his own safety and own freedom right. just to save somebody that said that they didn't they only liked him because of who he was friends with. In but the, he in the same case Chris could, have, Chris could Chris could yeah, Chris
0: could have just been in the vents and been like, I'll just wait till all of this blows over. But Chris came out to save somebody and ended up dying because of it.
1: Yeah. And I think I think it's it's the knowing that you have the power to do something you should do it, and that's what makes with a hero great power hero to comes me. great responsibility. With great flex comes great responsibility. Oh my god! It's <laughs> right. another
0: conversation for another day. And speaking of which, we're gonna have to move Doom Patrol up because we'll we're gonna be have done to. With it. We'll be done with it sooner than we expected.
1: It, I can't believe nine episodes, dude. I want to cry because now I gotta wait a year and a half for for season three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but now we're jumping into the actual timeline. This is the time how how the comic started when we when we start the comic. Yes, because um, so he brings Mitch to the infirmary, and then tells the doctor, "Hey, here's a small guy. Get Hank Hank Pym. He knows how to save him." Uh, all the shield agents come and say, "Hey, have you seen the guy here?" And they're like, "Yeah, he put this guy here and he left." So they know it's they know it's Eric O'Grady because me, I'm gonna be smart here. They never openly showed how everybody knew to go after Eric O'Grady, but if you put fucking you know, if you put context clues together, there were two people in that room besides Eric and Mitch. Those oh, yeah. two people saw Mitch go crazy. Yep. Those people are going to say, "Hey, listen." These two guys just had a big issue it was like, a full on confrontation, yeah. Yeah, there was like a full on confrontation. Like he flipped our poker tables over, like, you know, who's gonna give me my hundred bucks for that that hand I won? <laughs> like like that would be my concern, but so you know through context that everybody knows Eric O'Grady is now Ant Man. So he's trying to get a transport back to the city. And good old Dugan puts like a gun to the back of his head and says, hey, listen, man, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. He's shield through and through. And Eric being Eric decides to say, hey, this might work. We're going to do the <laughs> hard way. I mean, we should do the jumps, hard way. <laughs> jumps off the free- what? I love this, this part too because it's like every panel, it's one minute, it's Eric, regular. The next, it's Eric in his shield uniform with an Ant-Man outfit, with an Ant-Man helmet on. The next panel, it's him jumping off the shield carrier in the Ant-Man outfit. And he's like, hey, I guess this worked. Like, it was really fun. Like, there was something fun about it. Like, I can't lie as if it wasn't fun. So now, I think it's been like a, like a week or a few weeks that he's been on the run. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. It was two weeks since he's been on the run. Because Maria Hill brings it up that, it's been, that he lost all left movement of his left side of his face. And he can he can't he, that burn yeah, looks... He can't hear and he can't see out the There's entire no left side of his There's face. There's
0: no eye to see. It's just all m- melted skin.
1: Yeah, basically. So it's been 2 weeks and he's going to he's they're retiring him. They're basically retiring him. They are like we we want you on this one last mission and then, you know, we're going to retire you. And he's young. And Mitch loved being a field agent. He was going to be Ant-Man. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being one moment away from Ant-Man and it all goes to shit because of some selfish asshole? Hmm. He was one mo- He was being yeah. trained. The reason why he put Eric and Chris on the, the, the guard door is not only because he trusted them in a sense. He trusted Chris enough. But because he didn't want nothing happening to his men, his new mentor. Yeah. Because he got picked to be Ant-Man. Because it, it shows later By the that, man.
0: Like, you know, like- It
1: <laughs> no, doesn't Ant- get better than that. Him yeah, it doesn't yeah. get any better than that. Like, it showed it later where he's like, hey, listen, I'm going to need you to go after the Ant-Man suit. The reason why I need you to go after the Ant-Man suit is because if it wasn't obvious enough, you were the best candidate for the job. We were going to pick you, but your suit got stolen. Go get your suit back, homeboy, and you can be Ant Man. Right. So it's been two weeks, and Eric is out and about. Uh, I'm I'm gonna in my head I'm gonna assume that he every time he needs to eat, he decides to shrink down to Ant Man size and eat giant versions of like you know portion sized foods so he can survive for the for a couple of days. Yeah. But uh, you see, now we're at the point of the beginning of the comic where. You, literally, the first page of the comic is a woman being coxted in an alleyway, going to get her purse snatched, and thank God, not raped. <laughs> and you see Ant-Man... It was something about like,
0: something about a restaurant or something, right? Like he was going to go steal the money and then go
1: eat or something like that? Yeah, he was going to go steal the money and go eat at a restaurant, but he heard a woman scream, and then the guy's like, hey, you know, anything, you, know you keep screaming, I'm going to take what else is on the menu. So here comes Ant-Man, the fight him and, and ask this girl on a date. And here's where, because th- I wanted to make sure I threw everything in chronological order because this whole setup from saving the girl to coming back to her apartment and watching her shower is literally
0: hilarious. Well, you know what's funny?
1: Um, you know, none, like,
0: I, I didn't, because, of the, because that part of the story was told so further from the prequel if part if you will um, you disconnect that he went on a date a month after
1: dropping somebody who seemingly pregnant with his child yeah. oh she's definitely pregnant yeah, definitely so it's like... because who's to say what happened in those three months of coming back to S.H.I.E.L.D. especially since when, they, when S.H.I.E.L.D. got back to normal the three months later since it's attack it seemed like Veronica and Eric have been dating for a while yeah like, they're, they're sleeping they're, – they're literally sleeping together the next panel that L the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, are coming back to work. So who's to say what happened in that three months? Three months is a long time. I'll tell you straight up from my own personal experience. Anybody – now during this whole COVID-19 thing, it, everybody should know. Three months is a long time. Yeah. Because what? Four or five months ago, we – the city wasn't in lockdown? Right. How long has it felt – since the city got locked down. Too damn it all. So three – who knows what happened in three months, especially when tensions are high like that. So we had a good old Eric decides to to ask this girl. As soon, this girl just was being mugged. Who's to say she wasn't going to get killed after she got raped? This girl almost lost her life. And Eric O'Grady says, you know, I could take you to dinner. You want to go to you know uh, manipulation? I'm sorry, but that's that's situational manipulation. This yeah. girl was this girl was was scared for her life. Of course, somebody with superpowers and super strength, she's not going to say no to because of the implications. Because you know, of
0: the implications,
1: she wants to say no, but she's not going to say no because of the implications. So, so yeah, so they they now we have Eric O'Grady on a date with some gambling distressed distress he saved. The date seemed to be going. Not all right, in a sense, because Eric is a selfish person. He was very talking very much about himself, but come the end of the date, and this man says, "Oh, I'm sorry. It seems I forgot my wallet in my suit."
0: So terrible, off the rip already. I was like, "This is this guy's just trash." But again, this is the beginnings. Like that happened. I wanna no. Say this was like first. issue one, yeah. yeah the first issue, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, everything that you get every. every bit of personality of eric o'grady you get in that first date with this girl is who you're supposed to understand this is the person we're following he's like it's so funny because he pulled the reverse deadpool because i remember in the first deadpool movie when he couldn't pay for his taxi he's like oh i never carry my wallet in my suit ruins the lining of i never carry a wallet on me it ruins the lining of my suit right and eric's just like oh i forgot my wallet in my other suit I say so it so matter-of-factly and this girl, this poor girl, says, "Hey, listen, you saved my life, and you know who knows what could have happened to me tonight. So I have no problem paying for dinner." Oh, this poor girl! <laughs> and then, she, I, all right, this—I don't want to. I'm, I'm trying not to sound problematic, but this woman was giving mixed signals towards the end. I'll admit it. She <laughs> I, was giving mixed signals uh, towards the end. You talk about her him her letting him up? Yes. Now, when it comes down to a date. And the guy walks the girl back to her apartment. And maybe it might just be movies and TVs in my head, but when a girl says, so you want to come up for a cup of coffee, what is she inviting? Like, it's like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. Why are you inviting me to your apartment at 11 o'clock at night for a cup of coffee or a nightcap, quote, quote? Like, so I'm, I'm not going to sit here and like lie as if Eric wasn't giving mixed signals. Uh-huh. But if a girl wants to say no, a girl's going to say no. And that's just how it goes. Like, you know. So she said no. She's like, hey, listen, nothing's going to happen here tonight. I just invited you up to hang out for a cup of tea, you know. That was it. It was tea. It wasn't coffee. It was tea. She invites him up for a cup of tea. He thinks he's going to get lucky. And <laughs> he, as soon as he leaves, he starts saying her apartment address. He yeah, because cousin, no, well,
0: at first he's looking out the window, right? And she's like, yeah, she's, no, she goes. Window. She goes. You know what's weird? Like, she like she says, like, I was feeling like one way about this, but like you've been acting weird ever since you got here. One of the things you've been doing is you've been walking around looking at this place like you're gonna buy it, like you're looking in every room. <laughs> You're, you know, like, you're being weird, very weird. Because he's the And joint. that's exactly he's, what he's doing. <laughs> that's exactly what he's doing. He's looking out, making sure the windows, where the windows are, where the vents are, and then finding out where the address is to the house, all those things. So he and he's return. repeating it
1: to himself while he's leaving the place. He's like, 14F, 22-something-something, yep. something, you know, Western. Like, he's literally repeating the entire address to make sure he remembers it because he returns watch her while she's in the shower yeah (laughs) son of a bitch oh man he returns to watch her while she's in the shower and that's when uh, it's already shown that Mitch Carson was given his last mission by Maria Hill and Hank Pym recover the suit that's all you have to do recover the suit there's a, a brand new Pym particle tracker They put it on the car, that little hover car, which is me in my head. Anybody else can tell me I'm wrong. I probably am. But I feel like that that hover car was blueprints given to them by Mr. Reed Richards. Because if it's... that don't look like the Fantastic Car, then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that so... should look like the Fantastic Car. Maybe not big. Maybe it's like with...
0: the Hydrox version of Oreos. Maybe it's one of those kind of situations.
1: Oh my God! You remember though, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Remember when Oreos made thin, thin mint, uh, thin cookies?
0: There was yes. no cream.
1: It was just the the the, <laughs> the yeah. black cookie part. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And it was like like. Like, I think it was like 60 calories. It was supposed to be like good for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you are unlocking memories. I forgot I had. Thank you. But, yeah, so um, Mitch and the Shield, they they track the pin particles. They track it to the alleyway. Then they track it to the restaurant. Then they end up tracking it back to her apartment. And they don't break. I thought they were going to kick in that door. Like, you know, like how cops usually do, how uh, FBI, like, oh, freeze, yeah. kick, kick, kick to the door in almost movies. Like, yeah, they have a warrant, but they literally use, like, the battering ram to break in the door. No, nah. quick knock on the door. Hey, man, we need you to open up. This is official S.H.I.E.L.D. business, you know. And she was being very, like, yeah, I had, you know, this guy saved my life. He invited me to dinner. He, he went back to my place, and then he left. You know, like, she was being very, like, um, I guess because it. You know that this guy is not meant to have a one-track love interest. So she was selling him down the river like it was nothing. Like, oh, you're cops? No problem. Yeah, he did Well, this, they also just there. meant, like,
0: she had suspicions ever since he kind of, like, hit, hit on her in the Dark Alley. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> so, think it was like
1: a week. <laughs> so I think it was a week after, like, um, I don't know. I have to read. I don't remember if, because it looked like it was nighttime. I thought it was the same what? day. You, me too. I'm it is the same, the same day
0: because they come and they find his
1: his DNA on a on the teacup that he was drinking from when he just left. So when so when he's the the when he saved her to the dinner at uh you know uh Luigi's Pizza or whatever to yeah. the time going back to the apartment that's all the same day. Okay, because I know he's been missing a week since he left the helicarrier. Right. So the date, the apartment, all same day. All right, then that's yeah. I, I was so confused by that because I guess it. I should know that if it doesn't explicitly state two weeks later, one week later, one month later, then it's literally the same day. All right. So yeah, um, he comes back to watch her shower. At the time that he comes back to watch her shower, here comes Mitch and Shield. Yep, and he's, and he's they, even pissed, more pissed now because of that face injury. Oh man, straight two face, looking straight two face. But I mean, like, he literally. His entire left half of his face is just a head. There's no limbs. There's no features. It's just a head. It was so graphically, beautifully drawn. So um, uh, Eric O'Grady, knowing that his time's run out, he goes big again. Slips the table, goes big, says, why can't you guys leave me alone? Jumps out the window and then um, (laughs) so cleverly goes small and goes into Mitch's car. Like, yep. li- he's literally chilling on, like, above the tire and the tracker can't find him. And then I, honestly, I don't know why. He, I guess because he knew that he had to... Confront him? He had to confront Mitch because he was not going to stop. Right. He has the tracker. There was no stopping. Just and he's I, probably overrunning,
0: running around, too. He's probably over, you know, hiding from all this all the time.
1: I mean, like, listen. There's, no many, there's not many other places how to go. How big is Manhattan, though? How big is all five boroughs? How? I guess a week would be a logical time to do like a quick scan of the five boroughs if you're literally flying above it and have a long enough like radar. But how long would they logically be searching if he had to scan all of Manhattan and all of Brooklyn right. and all? Like, he's—they're not just going to one area. They have to scan. And he's not even from New York. He's from Lancaster, Vermont. But even
0: if he wanted to go to, back to Lancaster, how the hell would he go? That's what I'm saying. He doesn't really have much in the means of anything. He's been missing. He doesn't have any money. He has this suit, which, again— Does his... he even have a house? Does probably, he have a... Not. probably not because he was living on the helicarrier.
1: That's what I'm saying. He was living in the helicarrier. So after he joined S.H.I.E.L.D., he probably joined S.H.I.E.L.D. when he had no place, like straight out of college, so he never got a chance to actually get— But you wouldn't. You
0: wouldn't. I don't think you would have both anyway. I don't think you would have a home that you're paying rent to and then living on base. I mean, well, that's what army people do. Oh no.
1: Well, I mean, no. I mean, I guess from your own personal experience, yeah. Like when you like think of Shield as the army, where where would you? Where did you go when you were on leave? No, no, no. Well, it's no. It's more like. If I was married in the army,
0: I would have a a home by my base. So let's say I, I was in Texas. So I would have a home based in Texas. Then when I go overseas and I live overseas, I still own my home in Texas. And I still have to pay rent there yeah, but while that's I'm overseas. True. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, no, so for Eric, had, they yeah. never showed that, that he had any of it. The- They never even talked about his parents, right? We don't get an origin story. We don't get. more about Chris. We're literally just firing. Yeah, we we literally see Chris's parents and know Chris's motivation for why he's in Shield. We have no no motivation for Eric, no through line. We just know he's a dick. So he finally confronts Mick. Finally, I love this scene. I loved this scene because he's he's literally under the car he, – he went from under the car to in the car. So he's in the back seat now, and Mitch is like, hey, uh, director, Sh- uh, director Hill, yeah, um, I'm looking for him. Don't worry. And what I loved is he made a curse. He cursed. And then when he hung up, he's like, damn it. I shouldn't have cursed. Why was it – and then – Eric says, I can't believe they really make you guys say this instead of that as to not offend anybody. Yeah. yeah that, does that yeah. even make sense? And then there's the whole fight on top of the little uh, hover car. He blew his own, his own cover with a joke. Which I honestly, I, that's something Spider-Man would do. Yeah. That's something, a quirky Deadpool. Deadpool. Deadpool exactly. Exactly. That, that whole, I know, I have enough confidence that I'm going to win this fight so let me blow my own cover just to be a smartass one more time before I truly win. And it showed because he, he, he won. He, well, he, I think he went small again because Mitch knew it saw him was there. He went small again and then took over the controls of the car and drove the car into like a building to break the pin particle tracker. So the tracker is broken. And then I think he destroys the car in some way and then jumps off. Mitch is still alive, Mitch is still, you know, he, he basically um, made him, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He gave himself a couple of days to, or a couple, of mo- uh, a couple of weeks to find some place to go. Yes. Like, he took the guy off his trails. Yeah. Hey, listen, man, I, now I understand how it is to, to be a director, because I'm literally, this is, I, now I know how you feel, man, this is hard. This isn't easy <laughs> to, to keep this going up, like, I, I totally envy you. I, mean, I don't envy you. I totally feel bad for you. Like, you know, <laughs> no, no. I think it's a skill. I think it's acquired.
0: It's an acquired skill, and I think that this episode will go well. Uh, it will go over well with our fans. Well, I'm, I'm and I'm
1: totally think, having fun with it. And yeah, I also definitely. believe
0: that we'll, you'll be doing more in the
1: future. So the more that you oh, do, the more you'll be able. Listen, to Listen, man. Engines. I want you to read Mary Jane versus uh, Mary Jane loves Spider-Man. <laughs> you, if Listen, I have to take when I do,
0: it, when if or when I do. That's gonna be like your last thing, so I might I might keep that on ice because when I cover that, we would have covered every comic you wanted us to cover at that point, except for Original well, Sin.
1: Well, I mean, Original Sin I think is the
0: other last last part of the there's, thing. There's
1: there's Original Sin. If we're talking about comics that I truly want you to cover, dude, it it doesn't stop for me. There's there's been a lot of stories that I've just been wanted. I've been, been thinking, hey, we should just talk about this. Let's just do it. You know, there's. There's many stories to talk about. I want to cover the Superior Spider-Man run with you. We're eventually, gonna have, 40 to, we're eventually gonna have to read uh, Road to Perdition. We're eventually gonna have to read Road to Perdition. Like you know, like trust me when I tell you, man. Just because I have read a lot, I know I know I read a lot of comics growing up to get me into comics, but there's still comics that you and Yogi and Greg got me into that I want to cover. We've never covered Batman: The Long Halloween. Why not cover that? Oh, that's a good. You record. know, like there's so many comics. That's what I love about the fact that we took. When it comes down to this, we took one, one half of the best mediums that we could do. It was either we did a comic book podcast or a movie podcast. Because in actuality, there's millions of movies and comics. I wonder there, if from. there's
0: more comic books than there are movies. There has to oh, be, one, right? One hundred percent logically by the by the yeah.
1: I mean, like, if you want to go American made. I would probably say there's a minimum from 19... All right, let's go 1920 to 2020. There's a minimum of 100,000 movies. Okay. Because there's also smaller studios. Short films still end up being given Oscars. Short films are given Oscars. So if short films are given Oscars, those count as movies to me.
0: I think then there's probably more than that for comics, maybe. Because there's a thousand there's Oh, there's a, of there, there's like a the there's billions of comics. Are, of, of of action, and then you add up all the Spider Man, X Men, all that, all that jazz.
1: Just it, it add gets the up five there. It gets main up there. titles. Yeah, like it gets add, add X Men, Fantastic Four, Spider Man, Batman, and Superman together, and you have more than a million comics between them.
0: Yeah, all of like all it's, their it's, properties it's, of all their yeah,
1: yeah. It's crazy. There, that's why I'm so glad that our our tagline is the latest and greatest. Because it just doesn't have to be the latest. It could be the greatest. Yep. I mean, have you guys even covered Infinity uh, Infinity Gauntlet? No, I've already. covered it. Infinity Gauntlet? I think
0: exactly. we were supposed to, but I forgot what I ended up happening. I think, you I, and think Yogi, I was intimidated. You and Yogi covered Crisis on
1: Infinite Earth, right? Or you Yeah, yeah.
0: So Crisis, I would say, is like the, the first big story I've ever... Had to did got, break did we down. we even
1: cover Civil War. The comic that in metal, yet, or Civil metal War Dark Knights,
0: metal was also a two-parter early on in the in the birth of this podcast that we did. Uh, that was that was a lot. Doomsday well, Clock. Is Doomsday Clock
1: was one of the first episodes. Well, yeah. we
0: never Doomsday Clock. We did like I think we did ish, like like maybe three issues only because we thought it was going to come out once a month as it was supposed to. And then to. it came out every few months. Yeah, and then it I took remember. two years to to finish. So we're eventually going to end up putting that back on the schedule, maybe next month uh,
1: to cover some Doomsday oh, Club. Oh man, I'm so, going to have to talk to Greg and tell him and see if we should all get on that because I've even read it. And I just, I just love that Greg has a has a article on why that book is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are you doing this to me? No, nah, it wasn't what he want. What he thought he
0: was going to get out of it. He didn't. Which I totally get.
1: You know? No. And Hey, it's, it's that's the beauty of art. That's the beauty of art, and that's the beauty of these books because these books give us these. You know, everybody has their Superman, everybody has their Batman, everybody has their Spider Man. But seven point eight billion people in the world, somebody's gonna have their irredeemable Ant Man as their favorite superhero. Oh, totally. We don't know. Completely. Yeah. We do, there's no way to tell. Like it's so crazy. I have a Doctor Manhattan tattoo on my forearm. Like. You know, everybody loves who they love. And I love the fact that we're being able to finally cover one of the first story runs I read. Like, actual run. I'm so happy that we're finally covering these actual runs. And in this actual run, we get Ant-Man. Ant-Man being a dick and crashing cars. Hover cars, no less. Mm -hmm. And getting away. And then... We cut – I think it was like a a week or a month since Eric and Mitch had their confrontation in the hovercraft. Mm -hmm. And the moat, I swear to God, I should have wrote this down. I think – did I write this down? No, I didn't write this down. One of the most misogynistic, sexist scenes in comic book history – and I've read read almost everything Alan Moore – this is the, one of the most misogynistic, sexist scenes in comic book history. It's Ant Man sitting on a curb, watching New Yorkers pass by, and judging which woman he's gonna sneak into their purse oh, and yeah. watch them shower tonight. Yeah, uh, too fat, not fat enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of creepy. Definitely in, this, then, in, the, in the
1: times we are in today, you know, not, not great. No, very body shaming. Very yeah. body, I think one of them is, oh, is she pushing a stroller? Nah, never mind. Does she have a wedding ring? Whatever. And he's like, huh? Not fat? Not skinny? Not pushing a stroller? No wedding ring? Jackpot. And whose purse does he land in to go home and watch her shower? None other than Miss Marvel, because he notices, and here's why I say this is part of the, this has to be in actual, like, timeline to Civil War. It's miss Marvel and her her shield i d badge literally says superhero Registration act
0: yes Miss Marvel Captain Marvel, if you will, um was one of the uh superheroes that sided with Iron Man um when they did the Civil War storyline, and she opted for the Superhero Registration Act. You also see one of her other code names there, uh warbird that's another one of her um code like you know how they go through the different you know names and stuff.
1: Oh yeah, I'll, I I want to read all of them because this it was, was actually really weird.
0: This was a couple of issues away from oh sorry, a couple of years away from Carol's eventual Kelly Sue DeConnick remake where she gets the red and blue suit and the haircut really? and
1: stuff. Yeah, I always I see that was the thing is when it came down to the Carol Danvers that I know from the movies, I don't I I didn't know who that was, like as far as like costumes go. Okay, because I always remember Miss Marvel having the black and the gold with that like lightning bolt looking, yeah, uh, logo. Right. But I'm still I'm down for revamps. I'm always down for costume changes and revamps. Like as long as you, I don't know why. As long as you can give us the feel of a character, like look at. Christian Bale's Batman costume compared to Michael Keaton's Batman costume, but those are still considered two of the best Batmans ever. But no one talks about, oh, that costume was crap, that costume... I love costume changes. It's like character development for me. A costume change is is as synonymous as a character development. Because it's like you're growing and changing. Well,
0: um, uh, cheap plug, episode 65 of this podcast is a Carol Danvers... Uh, slash Captain Marvel character analysis, where we talk about how the binary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we talk about all of it. We talk about how the character was created just to be a love interest for um the original Captain Marvel. How she becomes Miss Marvel, the impracticality of her outfit, which you know wasn't designed by a, a woman, and then her flight suit that she has now, which was um well I think it was designed by um, I think it was designed by a guy, but it was also it was a woman's uh, directive. Uh, or in direction. So, uh, yeah. What the the
1: costume we have now was designed yeah. was more of a. You know what? It was more I'm of a revamp. Gonna... They
0: were tired. Her, she has very convoluted and very up and down um, storylines. Like, she. There's a lot of times where she wasn't her own character. Like, other people just used her as a tangential side character. And yeah. so, like, oh, we need, we need, uh, uh, somebody to get brainwashed so they can fight the Avengers. Okay, we'll use Danvers. Oh, we need somebody who, to show up in this Jessica Jones comic who's been, was dated. Cause she's, and that, that's probably one of the greatest parts. I'm probably gonna put alias on the, no, oh, I say that. I'm probably gonna put alias on the schedule. Um, those Jessica Jones comics were pretty Dude, real. Dude, can they, we? They,
1: those Can George we? Are pretty real, yeah? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Listen, you throw Alias on the fucking uh, on the schedule. I'm gonna jump onto it because literally, you're just gonna give me a reason to watch those two seasons again. Uh, three, I love three. it. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, wait, you're three blacking one. I never out. Wa- That's right.
0: You're blacking I never the out of, one out of your head. Yeah. You're blacking one out of your head. But if you did watch it. We also have a podcast. You can find it on the Major Issue Podcast. We have no, a podcast I listened on that to that, that one as episode.
1: Well. Yeah. Wow. I now I'm remembering I think, I I, was I think a, Abe
0: was on that one. Yes, it was.
1: It was you and Abe because uh Honest Rebel. Yep. Good old Abe was on that episode. I remember listening to that because I was on my way to visit uh somebody that i you know, it doesn't matter. Anyways. No, but the thing was that like with those with those
0: shows, just like we'll be coming up soon with like the boys, uh well that's actually changed as well. But the idea is that, like, with those shows, to cover it as quick as possible. And for some reason, the, the a lot of the uh, umph of the Marvel N- cinematic Netflix universe, whatever you want to call it, had been extinguished. There were not people running to go watch that third season of Jessica Jones. They just weren't. And um, I know I knew that Honest Rebel was a huge fan, so we got him on. But like you say, you know, you loved the first two seasons, but didn't see the third. So it's just something that didn't that didn't um, attract a lot. Of if I can
1: fans. be honest, it's not that it didn't attract me. It was. All- all about the third, when I finally wanted to watch it, because there were so many things I had to watch. There were so many things on Comic Book Clip that I had to watch and read, or for my own self, that I had, shows I had to finish. I don't like starting two different shows. If I'm starting a show, I don't want to start another show. Right now, for the fans to know, I started of Legends of Tomorrow. I'm on season two, episode one of Legends of Tomorrow, and I won't start a new show. You said season I two, episode what? one? Season two, episode one. I didn't right, start. So you
0: So the homeboy already
1: died. We won't talk about who. <laughs> I haven't seen season two, episode one yet, but yeah, it's a big thing. I hope we one day cover this show, but you know, so I don't. I want to watch Jessica Jones because I genuinely love Kristen Kristen Ritter. Yeah, I've she's she's been a big part of a lot of things I've seen. There's a TV show. It's not a comic book, but there's a TV show. Don't trust the bee in apartment twenty three. It's on Hulu. Fantastically funny show. Like, so I don't know what didn't get me onto season three, but maybe it was during the death of the Netflix that made me not want to watch the final season. Like, uh, I don't think I watched the season two of Luke Cage. It was two, right? I love season two of Luke Cage, but yeah, I have to watch season two of Luke Cage. I know I do because I love season. I loved season one so much; it gave me so much. Stuff. I- it's not like I'm out here being a hater. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to watch that. It's like, I just don't have time. There is so much content, you know, there's so much content that it's like, I want to be able to find time for everybody. I literally watched the first two episodes of Westworld and never went back. And I hate myself for this. Um, but that's the thing, you know, that
0: that's the, that's also one of the reasons why we're going to stop at, uh, issue seven of this issue of this comic and come back to finish the run. This comic was, was short lived 12 issues, um, and uh, so we're covering the first half of it this week. Yeah, because there's two volumes,
1: yeah. Yeah, we'll cover
0: that in the second half next week. Uh, the entire schedule has to go through another change because Wonder Woman has been delayed. The boys will not be all coming out on the same singular day, and the first nope. three episodes of Doom Patrol were released on the first week. So that changes,
1: <laughs> that changes a lot
0: of, what, of what's moving forward. So next week... Uh, we will be covering the rest of this story here. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say, as far, as far as me is concerned, if you have anything else well, to say. I,
1: I, not because we basically covered the comic, and now we can basically get into our uh, ending part. The final, I guess you would call what what's that word? The final paragraph? Yeah. Closing statements? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we could do the closing statements because I'm so honestly thank you for letting me run the reins with this because we we can go full disclosure. This isn't the first time that I've, uh, in a sense, took over. But if I go, if I use my movie knowledge, those were all times where I was just director. This is this is the time where I'm writer director. I got full right, right. like these were my notes. These are my. I have nothing thoughts. in front
0: of me. I have absolutely nothing in front of me
1: oh you're going uh, oh okay yes you're going straight
0: I ha- i'm literally going off oh, of I'm my so mind worried.
1: Ooh, I'm, I'm going go off, i'm going off my mind i wasn't
0: trying to i wasn't trying to be like oh he left on this sentence so we're gonna jump back on that sentence it was all about oh, just having, the, uh, having that, it i was hoping yeah. you weren't
1: doing that because i was literally losing my place while reading that's what i'm saying wait where the hell was i again? No, i'm no, losing yeah. my place while trying to read all of this because it's like i don't have i i botched i should have i knew i should have sent you the the notes yesterday, but I didn't want to send you the notes until you were finished reading because I didn't want my notes to spoil anything for you in case you glanced at it. Because this is a book you really have to read without knowing anything. Yeah, because yeah. it's going to surprise you at every panel.
0: Totally. Um, so I was doing some research. I figured if you were going to do the that homework, then I should at least do some homework on Robert Kirkman, right? And this oh, and, and nice. this and this run in general. And so, this this, ish, this run, this, this this Eric O'Grady, uh, Robert Kirkman thing was cancelled. It was cancelled after 12 issues. Um, yeah, that's what happened. Marvel yeah. in general, it sucks because when the time of this comic came out is the time that I remember uh, Marvel kind of being on it. Like, they had did uh, Civil War, Secret Invasion, Dark Avengers, Siege, uh, World War Hulk. They were really knocking out of the park with a lot of their big crossover events. Um, but... Their singular titles, a lot of the new heroes that they were trying to get, you know, established weren't weren't latching on. And at the even slightest provocation, they were getting canceled. Um, And this is a problem that happens continuously with Marvel. Where they have a real, they have a real, like DC always goes back to the status quo. That's one of the big things about comics in general. People are like, things don't ever move. The birth of Damian Wayne ages Batman. You understand? Like that creation of that does that. Um, with Spider-Man, they got him married and then they unmarried him. You know, to create like a timeless version of that. So Spider-Man's perpetually 20. You know? Uh, uh, and they're not, they're not ready to write a 40-year-old Spider-Man, you know? Because that's not who they wanna, that's not what they wanna write. Um, but all of a sudden you create, uh, Jonathan Kent and you have to start writing a, a super dad as opposed to just Superman. And so, um, they had asked Robert Kirkman how he felt about the idea of a possible Eric O'Grady film, you know? And he's like, oh, yeah, it'd be great to 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 have all my blood, sweat, and tears taken and made into a film where I get very little acknowledgement money and probably not even an invitation to the screening. Damn, Kirkman, tell us how you really feel. Uh, he said, I have no bad, I have no, um, uh, what they call that, uh. Grudges against Marvel, like no, no bad blood. Uh, they're just a terribly run organization that is kind of ruining comics.
1: Oh, my God. No one. lay hey, listen, man. Listen, man. There's a reason why we read DC Comics the majority of the time.
0: Things.
1: <laughs> there kind of is. And I still want to
0: I want to alleviate that bias. And your recommendations are helping me do it. So we're able to. do No, that. I have a
1: lot of Marvel recommendations that I want to do. I want to cover Original Sin. I want to so, cover yeah. Civil War One and Two. I want to cover like you know S- Superior Spider Man. For those who don't know, our, I
0: have a I have a, um, a blog here It's uh, part of comic Book Click called uh, Yes, so he has desk. a blog. Please read it <laughs> from the desk of the dawn. And so every week I try to talk about a comic i read and almost all of the time it's dc (laughs) yet today i uh was thinking about starting something new but short and instead of of marvel or dc i chose black hammer which i think is i gotta find out what uh who published that but i'm gonna start black hammer soon which i hear is absolutely i
1: was actually gonna start stars and stripes uh, I
0: oh oh, lie. you probably really I, love that. To be I'm honest, I'm going to,
1: I am going to fall in love with it, and I know I am. Like, the, I I saw the cover, and it's literally like 15 year old Star Girl on like the shoulder of a giant stripe, and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm gonna love this. Like, this is gonna be me all day. I'm ready. And it's Jeff Johns. It's Jeff. I think it's John Ramada or John Jr. doing the artwork. John Ramada's doing the artwork? Like, yeah. yo, I'm gonna love this. Yeah. Thank you, Yogi. And when you listen to this episode, thank you, Yogi. I also I gotta know, get back to fucking uh Spencer and Locke. Dude, I have to get back on Spencer and Locke and Quantum uh what is it uh Quantum, Quantum and Woody? <laughs> Quantum and Woody.
0: Yo, this, they don't go. even know. They don't even know the original schedule for this podcast dude, dude, had a bunch dude, I of really I like, really have had a bunch everything
1: on that pod. That original schedule that you sent us in February before everything happened. Literally, it probably was like two weeks before my...
0: everything went to shit. It was like, <laughs> yeah. it, we were so optimistic. We had all these movies and stuff we were going to cover. We, we had and the Marvel the Ultimate World...
1: version of Black Widow. Yeah, we had Quantum yeah. and all of that would have been done by Spencer. now because all those movies would have came out.
0: But yeah, um,
1: no. man and, and, and I had happened. I don't and because I knew it, I knew I had to every comic book or comic book run you had on that schedule is on my laptop I'm and ready to and go I'm to still my gonna
0: one-time. read it, I'm still gonna read those books, and um by order of importance or excitement I, they'll be they'll find their place back onto the schedule
1: oh i i hope i I hope because it's like both Spencer and Locke and Quantum and Woody have me like wanting to read them when i looked it up that spencer and Locke was just a darker detective version of calvin and Hobbes. yeah and how qu- sick is that and, right <laughs> and quantum and woody was literally written pff, not for not for woody woody harrelson and and um wesley snipes but for the characters they played yeah. in white men can't jump yeah so <laughs> it's the great? characters from White Men Can't Jump as like superhero vigilantes, That's That's <laughs> and they stuff. look like Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes in the '90s, and it killed me. So, I'm like, I'm in tears right. I'm literally in tears right now. we have, we, we have. Um, I good, read the
0: first issue, and it was, it was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, it's good. I heard I it. I heard issue. it's pretty really funny.
1: And then we're trying to br- and we're trying
0: to branch out and you know see oh dark horse is black hammer. But we're trying to branch out and see more of these other comics, you know, these other uh publishers and the works that they're doing over there. We got to finish Sex
1: Criminals eventually. Um oh uh well the the run hasn't finished yet. No. They're going to they're going to 69, so I I feel like we should Are they really going we to should wait 69? till 69. They're literally going to issue. We went 69. to twenty one, maybe four. I think twenty four. I thought it was like twenty. That like twenty three, twenty four. They stopped at, or you yeah. might be right, twenty one. But it's gonna go to like no. I think they stopped at twenty four because I think it's going twenty five to sixty nine. Okay. Because I remember that was what the joke that that was what killed me. I thought it was like an inside joke between those two that they're gonna stop. They're ending the the story at issue sixty nine, right. which would be perfect.
0: Yeah, it would. But the only way to make sure that you guys are in on all of those adventures that we have as part of Major Issues Podcast is to follow us at ComicBookClick.com. ComicBookClick.com the is the first one. It's the It's the easiest way to find everything. If you go to comicbookclick.com, you will find every single episode of the Major Issues podcast. You'll find every single article written written under the Major Issues, Major Articles banner, including an article to get you guys excited for the next season of Umbrella Academy, written by Dan the Comic Man.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Um, all of our merchandise. And when you're talking about merchandise, I'm talking about pens, mugs, pillows, shirts, masks, um, stickers. Phone cases. Yes,
1: guys, it is COVID season. It is COVID season. Get
0: yourself some. People been buying some masks. masks. They've been buying some masks. Someone bought the Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy with the roll call with all the kids' names. Uh, someone bought that one the other day. A big one that was selling over there was the the Dark Phoenix Rise. That that shirt sold well, and that and that mask sold well. Yeah, the design. They like the design of over. And it doesn't really have to be a Dark Phoenix movie. How do you, how does your merchandise sell more than the Dark Phoenix movie? (laughs) The only way to find out is to go to comicbookclick.com. So visit (laughs) comicbookclick.com to find all of our original merchandise made by yours truly. Articles written by all the members of the click. You can even meet the click. Uh, on that site, find us, see us, and, and you can r- write to us. You can literally respond to any single episode of the Major Issues Podcast, uh, right there. We'll get an email and we'll, we'll, we'll read your feedback right here on air. Um, yes, we will. Besides the Major Issues Podcast, I'm sorry, besides, um, comboclick.com, the Major Issues Podcast is available wherever podcasts are found. That's Stitcher, Podbean, uh, the Apple Podcast app, the Google Podcast app, uh, Spotify, YouTube tune find iheart uh we're available all those places so make sure that you are following each and every single wednesday we have over 130 hours logged in and we're gonna go even harder i can't believe
1: it yeah, we got almost three years
0: yeah it's 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 fun almost three years it's great um so Yeah, but the main thing is we talk because we want to talk to you guys, but we also want you guys to talk back. So reach us on all of our social media accounts, like facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. I'm also at major issues, CBC, the official Twitter for the major issues podcast. But yeah, go. We're all, we're on every piece of social media out there. Find us. Um, And yeah, we'll be back next week with Ant-Man, Irredeemable Ant-Man, the second volume. That is
1: basically a month of us doing two-part episodes.
0: Yeah, branching out. Yep, I love it. We did something similar with Court of Owls. Remember we did Court of Owls? Uh, I think probably the City of Owls, I think. But yeah, these bigger stories. No, I mean, this
1: is going to literally be Irredeemable Ant-Man. Part one and part two, just like you have JL part one, yeah, part Justice two. League. Like it's it's beautiful. I love I love the content. I love that we're growing.
0: Well, I hope that they love the content, and I hope that they're ne- they're here next week for Irredeemable Ant Man Part Two. But my name is George Serrano, aka the Don.
1: I am Dan the comic book fan.
0: And remember, oh, and this has been our Irredeemable Ant Man yes, recap and review done so perfectly well by dan the comic man and remember with whether or not your girlfriend thinks that you're cheating on her whether you're trying to nail your best friend best friend's girl on his dead uh gravestone whether you burned some friends in your past whether you're irredeemable or whether you're just trying to do better remember we are the click and remember you yes you are worthy